but let's shift gears slightly because there's been that scathing report into the use of South Africa's COVID-19 relief fund uh, that was released by the then Auditor General and the late Kimi Makwetu last year. Now, uncovering frightening findings is what he termed it. And we dealt with this a little bit. We didn't really delve into it as much as we had hoped to. Now, that report flagged up to 30,000 relief grants which require further investigation. And also the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture was also flagged, highlighting the following. Now, listen very, very carefully. South Africa Sports, Arts and Culture Relief Fund, the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture established an what, 235 million rand relief fund to assist artists, athletes, and technical personnel affected by the cancellation of sport and art events, and also to fund the digital solutions. Now, the progress of distributing the funds has been very, very slow. Um, there have been large numbers of the applications that have been originally rejected and now being reevaluated. And by the 3rd of July 2020, only 39 million rand was paid out. That's what we were told, 39 million out of 235. Now, the order to date has focused on the overall controls that are in place. Now, the audit also identified that uh, the original criteria that was used to evaluate the applications was not specific enough to prevent double dipping. And also subsequent amendments thereto could result in what we would term as unfair process. Now, I know I've belonged to WhatsApp groups of artists, sports people, you know, people in the in the space and they have had no money because of lack of income. Obviously we'll try and focus more on the sports side, but we can never disassociate sports, arts and culture because it falls under one umbrella. Now millions of these missing millions are still a worrying factor during these very difficult times. And tonight we're going to be looking at the distribution process or the lack thereof of these funds uh, by the Minister of Sport and Recreation. Now, we have got Graham Joffe, who's a sports journalist based in the U.S., who's been flagging this for a while. And we have reached out to all those affected for their comment. And up until now that we're going on air, none of them have been win- willing to go on an account. None have been willing to chat to us. And as we normally do, We are not governed by individuals that are not willing to talk. We are governed by individuals that can talk. We are a talk show. We don't talk to people that don't want to talk. Otherwise, there would be no talk show. So Graham Joffe will kickstart the process for us. Because, you know, people are very quick to respond and react to that that is said. But when you give them a platform, they don't want to talk. I don't know why they don't want to talk. But it's called accountability. Graham Joffe, it's a brand new year. Many blessings to you, sir. Good evening. Rob, and just blessings and, and a happy new year to all of you guys and to all your listeners as well. I'm getting a little bit of an echo back on my side, but hopefully you don't have the echo back on your side. Yeah, apologies about that. Sometimes it happens. It is lockdown radio, so we are trying to fly all sorts of airwaves left, right, and center to make the show possible, and you all the way in the U.S. So whichever way that at least affects your ability to chat to us. We're hearing you loud and clear on our side. Where do we sit in terms of these funds? And I know you've tweeted a bit over the past couple of days. Give us a bit of background here, Graham. 
Rob, you know, it's, it's a tragedy. Um, it's an absolute shame when athletes, artists, and people need this money so desperately at this stage, and yet you've had officials that could have made this a very simple project have turned it into an absolute farce, and millions and millions have disappeared. I just want to talk specifically about the Sports Relief Fund, because that's the one that I've been focusing on. And not to say that the arts and culture departments, those people don't need the money just as much. But sports specifically, what happened is they had this adjudication panel, which was a bloated panel of about 15 people, when the job could have done quite easily been done by two people in the Department of Sport and Recreation. So what do they do then after the adjudication panel? Then then they appoint four agencies to disperse these funds to the beneficiaries. No tender involved. So flouting South African Treasury rules by hiring these four agencies. Obviously, people that are well connected to the department or well well connected to the sports ministry. And the sports relief funds nine million was given to the sports trust which is an entity that I exposed back in 2013 that became a dirty conduit for the Department of Sport and Recreation under Fekile Mbalula and Alec Moemi. And this sports trust was given $9 million of the sports relief funds. They had 513 applications. 314 were recommended for payment. 199 rejected. And paid to date, as of September 2020, 319. And if you take the maximum that had to be distributed of 20,000, that gets you close to 6.4 million. They were given 9 million. So 2.6 million is either being sat on or has disappeared. And the way I'm thinking this goes with a sports trust and knowing the fact that I've caught them out in so much different fraudulent and corrupt, corrupt activities this money has probably disappears, and it's an absolute tragedy. Who follows up on this, though? Whose duty is it besides the Auditor General? And the Auditor General had before flagged the issue uh, before his untimely death. Unfortunately, Rob, as I've said over all this time, there's no watchdog in South African sport. So the Auditor's report comes out, and then it just sits there, and nothing changes. So whose job is it to look after this money? You've got to believe that there's got to be trustworthy people that could have looked after this fund. All you needed was two or three people that knew something about sport. At the Department of Sport and Recreation, they could have got this job done in a week. And 500 applications could have been seen through, and 300 or 400 people could have been paid within a week. But what happens is there's millions involved, it goes through an agency, and people are all taking money from the fund. People that don't, officials, all these different kickbacks involved. It's, it's, you know, as I said to you before, it makes my blood boil, and you've got to sympathize and feel for the athletes, the artists, and everybody involved that was looking for funding and that needs funding so desperately. Like I said, we, we had reached out to all of the affected individuals within the department itself to try and get a word from them. Um, none were willing to speak, which is okay. So hence, we, we will continue with our conversation because nothing stops us from having a, an open discussion of this nature, especially when public funds of 235 million rand that are supposed to be a relief fund 
to assist the artists, to assist the athletes, to assist technical personnel that have been affected by the cancellation of sport and art, cannot get the money. But then you've got all of these. When you talk about appointment, uh, Graham, of what? Adjudication panel of 15. I'm sure they don't adjudicate for free. Correct. And I'm sure they get paid. So they are fine. The agencies, I'm sure when they distribute, they don't uh, become an agency that distributes for free. So they get paid. So already, what is supposed to be going to individuals under the the department already going to non-departmental people? So what does that mean? And, and Rob, that's where the problem comes in. What has the Department of Sports and Recreation been doing for the last eight to ten months? I mean, there's been hardly any work for them to do. They could have handled this themselves. Why do you need an agency to distribute the funds? And I'll tell you why they do that. Because then you get the clean audit, and all this money goes through this agency who gets one of their friends to be the auditors, and again, it's laughable. You look at the Sports Trust, you look at their website, you look at their annual report from 2017, 2018, and you'll see their financials in the report. There's a little two-page report on their financials where hundreds and hundreds of millions of rand have flowed through the Sports Trust from the National Lottery. And I can give you projects that they've spent money on that the money has disappeared. The projects didn't get the money, but they itemize it as this project and the money goes into people's back pockets. And I bet you the same thing has happened again now. And again, I cannot, I cannot explain to you how disgusting and disgraceful it is, especially at this time. Do you get a chance at all when you do inquire from the various levels, whether it's government or any of the stakeholders, Graham, do you find any joy? Does anybody, is anybody that's willing to talk to you, to try and explain, to try and give you the breakdown when you ask for it? Rob, zero. Absolutely zero. The Department of Sport and Recreation uh, took the Fifth Amendment. They never replied to my, any of my emails in six, seven years with all the questions. The Sports Trust ran around. They gave me the runaround for years. Then they gave me some simple answers that they were going to have an internal investigation that took six months. They found nothing irregular. And again, no watchdog. These people do as they want. They steal millions, and they get greedier and greedier. And the sad part about the Sports Trust is the intentions were very good to build multi-purpose courts and to help people in the rural areas and townships. But now it's turned into a dirty conduit where officials can now back pocket millions and millions, which is... Uh, yeah, again, just the saddest thing for South African sport and the athletes. Because with, with, with a lot of the investigation that's come through here, Graham, I mean, some of the applications... Um Robert, um, I'm one of the applicants for the Sport Hunting Relief Fund. Um, yeah, I applied last year, um, 2020, June, July, and um, they later, I think around October, before they sent me um, a message, they requested that I send them documents that I already sent them, you know, and then they sent me two messages um, stating apologizing on the delay for the Hunting Relief Fund. 
Um, the message further stated that the outcome of the Gauteng Relief Fund was currently on the audit phase and that um, they were supposed to have released the outcome on the 30th of September, but due to the to the delay, I will get a response on my application no later than the 30th of October. Instead of them contacting me to say, okay, cool, this is your status, you qualify or whatever, um, they called me again requesting for documents that I already sent them, you know? And I know a couple of people that have applied within the industry for the relief funds that didn't receive anything from them. And since October, they haven't communicated with us, you know? And um, the person that I was dealing with regarding my application was, I think it's Darian. Um, yeah, because he was the one who responded to me um, requesting for certain documents. And I did call him and I communicated with him via email. And he did say to me that I have everything that they need for them to process my application. And like I said, I know a lot of people that applied within the industry um, that lost jobs, that didn't receive anything from them or any communication from them. So they must just share the information and we'll see who are the people who received this money? Because I do not know anyone who received, and there's no way that all of us who applied, we did not qualify. So they must put out information and names, who are those people that they paid the money to, because we haven't received anything from them. And when I tried to call them from the OA3 number that they shared on the text, um, which I sent you guys, no one responding to it. So yeah, they must tell us where is the money and who did they, they pay? Thank you. All right, one of the many voice notes that we continue to get, and please send us your voice notes if you're one of the affected parties. I've got a number of tweets as well that have popped up on my timeline as I chat to Graham Joffe. I'm not sure when I got cut off, but the bottom line is that, Graham, you've been listening very closely and attentively. How do you respond to that voice note? Rob, it's just, it, makes me, it just makes me sadder because these are the people that really need the money. And again, even if this agency was taking a 10% commission, which they shouldn't get at all anyway, you're talking about 900,000 rand. Surely you've got to have efficient people working for you that these athletes could have been paid within two weeks of getting in their application. It's not a difficult process. But again, they've made it difficult because people are taking money from the fund, people that are basically stealing from the fund. And I can go back in time and look at the projects, the sports trust, got hundreds of millions from the National Lottery for, for things they had nothing, no right to be involved in. They paid $8 million towards the South African Sports Awards. They put, paid $3.9 million to the Sasonke Boxing Club in Mdatsani, which never saw a cent. Six point, uh, what was it, over 100,000, over 100 million to National School Weeks in Bloemfontein and Pretoria. And I'll never forget that story. Because the tender, the, the championship was held in Pretoria, and they hired a bus company and drivers from Bloemfontein. So you know how that all works. The mm. friends get the tenders, and we all make millions. But what comes, the self-enrichment prioritized for officials at the expense of the athletes. Wow. So the Mdansane project, when it came to boxing, also never took off. They were going to upgrade the Sasonke Boxing Club in Mdatsani. Beautiful new upgrade. 3.9 million for it. Never happened. I asked the Sports Trust what happened to that money. Oh, there were some problems about it, and we've put it on hold in the bank. <laughs> wow. I mean, they think I'm stupid.
And it's probably still on hold or maybe on hold in, in different bank accounts now, not as a singular amount destined for that project. Exactly, Rob. And again, for instance, like 10 million from the Sports Trust went to the World Anti-Doping Conference in South Africa back in 2013. And that conference was wholly sponsored by the World Anti-Doping Agency. So where did that 10 million go? And that's what happens. They use an agency who has their friends as auditors. They turned a blind eye to all the corruption. And the Sports Ministry and Department of Sport and Recreation get a clean audit. You know what baffled me again, uh, Graham, and, and I would want your comment on this, just going through the various reports, and they spoke about the the special report in the in the first special report that came out, the number of appeals that were reported uh, for the sport relief funding. Well, they said that that was greater than what has been reported based on a table that was drafted. I mean, I had a look at that table last night. Now, they're also saying that this was because some of the applications were referred back to the Adjudication Committee for further evaluation. Now, the initial adjudication panel had a high rejection rate for the applications as reported in the first special report because most of the applicants had submitted supporting evidence for events that had been postponed and not cancelled, which did not meet the so-called communicated criteria. Now, as they claim that they reported in the first special report, postponed events were not part of the initial criteria, but were subsequently considered, which resulted in these applications being considered and approved through the appeal process. Sure, there's a lot of words and words that are mumbo-jumbled around, but the bottom line is that these relief funds are for people in need and not for technicalities. Exactly that, Robin. You know, the last paragraph of the second report from the auditor, and I just want to quickly quote from it, where it says, Overall, from our audit observation, the deficiencies were identified in the manual and automated process used to record and adjudicate applications and make payments to the beneficiaries still posed a significant risk to the success of the initiative. The disbursement of the relief fund to its intended beneficiaries has also not been done timelessly, and we therefore question its relevance and intended impact. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you translate that, let's say, to a layman, to a person that's sitting there and saying, I have done all I can to make an application, to submit the application, and to wait for a positive outcome? Like you say... You know, they set a bar of a total of 20,000 rand. How far does that even go? So true, Robs. You know, we talk about, yes, a little bit is a help. But again, 20,000, and I'm going to compare this to now, where the hockey players going to the Olympic Games in Tokyo next year have all been asked to come up with 47,000 rand each to go to the Olympic Games. How do you tell students and how do you tell uh, people living in the townships that have made this team that you now have to represent your country, but you have to pay 47,000 rand? It makes no sense. Mm. Saskog, I've exposed time after time just how corrupt they are. And again, it comes down from the very top. Unfortunately, in South Africa, 
the Department of Sport and Recreation, from the Sports Ministry down to SASCOG, to Sporting Federations, the majority of officials have prioritized self-enrichment ahead of the athletes. Spiwe Dubandlelo says that as a group training instructor within Virgin Active South Africa, I applied for the Sports Relief Fund and I got nothing, not even a notification to say your application was unsuccessful. That's one of many. Let's quickly listen to another voice note. Rob, you have a minister who was just found there by President Ramaphosa, having been protected by the former president after he failed regarding Marikana as a police minister, being made a minister to come and run sports and arts and culture. We are worse as artists. We have had this man for, for, for a while now. He's done nothing. All he did, he took the arts and culture venture capital and gave it to his wife so and then he said it was a tender that was won by the national empowerment fund now what do you expect from people who discuss tenders with wives in beds and then come back and say no 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 they are able they are capable of uh, accounting for anything we are sick and tired but there's nothing we can do it's politics and that's what we must live with what more can we do if the president decides that he wants that man to be a minister we don't have a minister really we do not have a minister Graham, 30 seconds, give us your final word because this is not the final bit on this. We're still going to be talking more because COVID-19 is not going anywhere anytime soon. Robin, I agree with that second listener as well. Unfortunately, South Africa doesn't have a sports minister. And again, you've got sports, arts, arts and culture all mixed together. Uh, The fact that there's been four agencies appointed irregularly to distribute these funds is a big red flag. You need forensic audits of these different agencies. And again, the Department of Sport and Recreation, the Sports Ministry, and these agencies need to take accountability and need to look at themselves in the mirror and say, what have we done for these South African people? It's a disgrace. It's a sickening shame. And things have to change. And I just, you're right. I beg his belief but where do people turn to? It's very difficult. It's become a political game. And I've always said the mix of sport and politics is the worst potential mix. Graham Jaffe, as always, all the way from the United States of America, do thank you for your time. Do thank you for your love and your passion that you still have uh, for South Africa, your country, sports journalist based in the U.S., Graham Jaffe. Do follow him on Twitter as well at Graham Jaffe. He will give you breakdown of all of, all of these. Graham, thank you so much. Rob, always a pleasure. Highly appreciated.